I know I'm sleep deprived. I know I should get more than four to four and a half hours of sleep a night, but I'm, I'm literally killing myself. Pewter, Lego Batman here. Play Podcast PD. Hey, everybody. This is Don Wetrick, author of Pure Genius, Creating Culture of Innovation, and you are listening to Podcast PD. This is Podcast PD, the show that provides you with anytime, anywhere professional development. Our conversations and guests will provide you with the learning you might get in a faculty meeting or on a PD day. Except you'll have more fun with Stacey Lindis, Chris Nessie, and me, AJ Bianco. Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome back to Podcast PD. You are here for episode 20, and we are excited to bring you this episode as we talk about something that is probably pretty close to all of us, and that is burnout. And this is an issue that I know I've dealt with and been dealing with. We're going to talk about that. So before we get going, let me uh, get to these wonderful people that are my co-hosts. So first of all, Stacy, I know you're here. How you doing? I'm doing well. Things are going really well, and the holiday break that we just had um, served to alleviate some of the burnout we're going to be talking about today. How about you? I completely agree. I think that those four days were absolutely something we all needed. A little, little breath, a little breath of fresh air, a little rest, and a little bit of a, you know, kind of getting your your footing back to where you need to be. And throwing some family and food, and you've got yourself a party. <laughs> Yeah, and a couple extra pounds here and there, too. That, too. <laughs> Christopher, my man, what are you up to? Oh, nothing much. Also, just coming off of a nice Thanksgiving break, quality time with family. I would say friends, but I didn't get to see you guys on Thanksgiving. So no time with friends over the holiday break. But hopefully uh, some time with friends coming up soon, right? Christmas is coming. Christmas is coming, and I think we have a little something something planned. We do. Yeah, Speaking of Chris, of Christmas, Chris. I know you uh, put up your your lights, so some some videos. Yes, I was uh, Facebook living and Snapchatting and Instagramming the decorative process here at the House of Ed Tech. So that's always a lot of fun. And I realize if I don't do them on Black Friday, it it's not going to get done. I mean, it could get done, but then it maximizes the time that the lights are up. No, I think that's a good day to do it. I think uh, that's a perfect time for getting in the Christmas spirit. We're not there yet. We're going to start that probably next week because uh, my youngest son's birthday is this weekend. So I have a little birthday party, I have a little family over. So next week we'll have the uh, the Christmas decorations ready to go. And yeah, so our holiday tradition starts with uh, Christmas tree shopping on Black Friday. It's the only shopping we do. And can I tell you that we've lived here for 20 years and we've never decorated outside? I'm with you. Uh, I'm not. I'm not an outside decoration kind of guy. Like Nobody sees our decoration, so it's for not. Come inside. We're very festive inside, just yeah. not outside. I like it. I, I do. I got to say, I do love decorating the outside. I did it when I lived at home with my parents. So when I, I when I moved out, the lights stopped going up, and I couldn't wait to have my own house to put lights up and you know do what I wanted. So it's, it's the way I want it. That makes me sad that the lights stopped going up, though. Well, now my parents' house is like your house, Stacey, where it's very festive on the inside. Okay. So AJ... Yeah. Can you get us started with the show? Today, we are going to be talking about the issue uh, of burnout. And it's a word in education that we hear 
so often and we feel quite often. And, and this episode uh, comes from a podcast, The Art of Manliness, episode 350 of that podcast, uh, which if, I, I think you really should give this episode a listen uh, after this, of course, and just kind of hear what is being said. On the episode, the host, Brett McKay, speaks with Brad Stolberg and Steve Magnus, who co-authored the book, Peak Performance, Elevate Your Game, Avoid Burnout, and Thrive with the New Science of Success. They shared how their respective backgrounds in elite running and business consulting taught them the importance of rest and recovery from brain work. More than ever, American teachers are experiencing a 24-7 grind in and out of their classrooms that requires a hustle that can actually hinder our performance in the classroom. Today, we're really going to take a look uh, and talk about the science of burnout, what it is, how it feels, and why it happens. And then based on the understanding and the information, uh, we have a lot of recommendations for you, our listener, to combat burnout and fatigue as an educator. We are excited to talk about this. Let's get into it, guys. What is burnout? How is it defined? How is burnout just different than fatigue? And Stacey, I believe you did a little legwork in the, uh, the old Oxford Dictionary, so set us up. What is burnout? All right. It's a complete loss of motivation close to depression, according to the co-authors of the book. Um, it's more than just physical fatigue. There's that mental element of it. And, and along with the mental aspect that there are physical repercussions from, from feeling burnt out, but it really, you know, for us as teachers, it is that mental fatigue and, and burnout that can really hinder what we do in a classroom with our students when, you know, like we've said, we're expected to be on all the time, right? You know, we're always performing. I myself, I do three shows a day, five days a week. AJ, you do how many, how many classes do you teach every day? Four, five? I have six, six straight every day. Yeah. So I take it what you mean is that your classroom is your stage and you are acting and you're on all the time. And I've heard many teachers say that. And I just remember that. And I feel like the younger your kids are, the younger your students are, the more it has to be forced when the going isn't, isn't so great. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of elementary school teachers out there and maybe even listening right now who, yeah, you're shaking your head. You know, you, you, you've got to have that happy face. You have to have that, you know, magical outfit. You've got your, you know, special classroom seating and your, and your, your bulletin boards. And, you know, every learning has to be like a trip to the amusement. Every day of learning has to be like going to the amusement park. It's like, yeah, it's like being greeted to enter an amusement park every day. Agreed. You know, realistically, it takes a toll on us. It, it can affect our interactions with our peers and in, in our buildings from day to day. It can affect our relationships with family and friends outside of school. You know, wh where does the workday end? I, I know when I was going through my teacher prep, I, I've kind of backed off of this a little because I used to believe that, you know, teaching is, you know, 24-7, 365. Teachers never turn it off. I used to hear stories where teachers would say, you know, I, I would go on vacation and, you know, find a little bauble or, or some trinket that would look great in my classroom or could really bring that lesson when I get back to school in September to life. You were on vacation with your family. So where does it stop? Should it stop? Uh, those are all things that, that we all wrestle with, I think. Yeah. And, and, you know, I like to piggyback on that idea. I think it's manifested and gotten worse with the advent of the smartphone and that 24 connectedness that we have 
And it's not just to our schools and the parents and students that we're serving day in and day out. But, you know, if you're a connected educator, then you also have that connected piece as well. Like, you know, are you maintaining your Twitter account? Are you answering um, emails for your blog posts and responding to feedback and comments from from anyone who could be reaching out to you? So I, I agree with like that work-life balance has really shifted for many educators. And I think we need permission to kind of like turn it off and, and say no. But see, now here's the thing, I think. We all have given ourselves permission to be on all the time. The only person that stands in our way is ourself. We can decide four o'clock, five o'clock, either I stay till school a little bit later or I, I will only, if I have to bring stuff home, I'm only going to do it till a certain time. To go back just a second, Stacy, the fact that we do this podcast, you know, we, we typically record this. We take time away from our spouses, usually on a Sunday night. Today happens to be a Wednesday. It's later at night. You know, one of the biggest things that whatever industry you work in is we're, we're sleep deprived. We should all be in bed right now. But yet here we are recording an episode. You know, I, I know that for myself, whether it's this, the House of Ed Tech editing Google Teacher Tribe or uh, assist learning or uh, dads on deck, you know, I have a very full plate teaching Rutgers. So does it ever shut off? I know I'm sleep deprived. I know I should get more than four to four and a half hours of sleep a night, but I'm, I'm literally killing myself. You only get four to five hours of sleep a night. You are literally killing yourself. That wasn't discussed in the episode um, of the art of manliness, but I, there's a lot of research about that. There was actually an embedded episode. It wasn't embedded. No, Hidden Brain, where they talk about sleep deprivation and fatigue. It was actually two parts. You can check that out too. I, I, I Eyes Wide Shut part one and part two. I listened to them. Yes. Kate told me to listen to them after I listened to them. Um, nothing I, the, changed? N- nothing has changed. Because um, I feel this sense of responsibility to do the things that I've committed to. I, I, I have said yes to a lot of things. Okay. So my suggestion for you is that for 2018... You you have to change your word anyway, but your word goes from pusher to being no. Like your word needs to be no. All right, guys. Well, it's been fun doing this podcast. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> no, AJ, chime in. <laughs> well, I'm I'm not far behind that sleep pattern either, Chris. I mean, there are times that you and I have discussed like things 11, 12 o'clock, and all of a sudden the next morning it's up 5 o'clock, 5.30, back at it again. Oh, my so, God. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Like. A lot of people have the opportunity where they can say, okay, I'll shut down my work at five or six o'clock, you know, but for, for me, for you, for, for all of us, shutting down work at five o'clock is just, it can't happen because if I'm leaving school, I'm going home to play with my kids and you're going to do the same thing. I know you guys, Mm -hmm. you're going to be with the family, right? So then all of a sudden, like now boys are in bed right? Recording the podcast. And as soon as the podcast is over, I'm going to make sure my stuff is ready for tomorrow, you know? And, and it is late right now. It's getting late. So I need an hour, hour and a half of, of real work still ahead of me just because that's, that's, I want to make sure everything is ready for tomorrow, make sure everything is perfect. So, you know, I, I try to put the work on hold and my, my work doesn't stop when I get home. My work is stop when I'm done. If that makes any sense. It, it does make it sense. It totally makes sense. It's that teacher bag that you bring home with you every day and it's full of papers to correct and things to do and lessons to tweak. And and they mentioned this in this episode of The Art of Manliness. They talked about how, I forget which one of the guys who wrote the book, 
talked about this, but it's a big problem in this country where sleep and rest and relaxation is seen as a bad thing. Whereas in other countries and in other cultures, rest and sleep and stepping away from work is embraced. And here, if you're not, if you're not working, you're falling behind. If you're falling behind, and it, it, they, they, I believe they said it, you know, here in this country, you have to convince people, us included, that rest is a part of work. Sleeping is a part of the job or else we're not going to do it. They said that they said rest is a part of work and rest is when you grow. And, and that was one of the things that stuck out for me, guys, for this episode. And, and I brought it up to you because the topic itself is something that, you know, it hit me a couple of weeks ago. I was like, oh, my goodness, I'm, I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself, which is why, you know, connecting the episodes. We talked about being a fraud in the last episode that I listened to. Now, this one, you know, it just kind of rolls together because this episode, I really love the fact that this is a, along the lines of like sports science as an athlete or once an athlete or whatever I am these days, you know, you think about the way you train your body. You know, when you work out too hard, you overtrain your body and you hurt yourself. And, and and burnout is the working out of your mind, that constant push of your brain that you you never stop. So your brain shuts down. You know, it's they called it the psychological overtraining of your brain. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I really think that's important. You know, people say, oh, I'm so stressed. I'm burnt out. No, it's, that's two different things. You're allowed to be stressed. Stress is good. You know, stress means that you're, you're caring about something and you really want to perfect it. Burnout is like, I am done and I can't do any more past this point. They really equated it to like mental fatigue, mental shutdown. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, you're right. We definitely need those stresses in our lives. And, you know, there were a lot of analogies, like you said, AJ, to sports science and the stress that we put our bodies through when we're in training or when we have a workout and how, and and they, they said, you know, um, the analogy was a lot of people think that they're building muscle when they're working out at the gym, when in reality you're tearing the muscles apart and you're actually putting little rips in them and the growth and the rebuilding happens on your days of rest. So if you never give yourself those days of rest, there's no room for growth ever. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was really interesting. And one of the things I thought was really interesting too was um, in the definition that they gave, like how close it is to depression. And, you know, I know when I'm feeling especially stressed and especially burnt out, I will give myself a mental health day. I have no problem doing that. And, you know, it'll be me going to the mall and going shopping. It'll be me sitting in the library and sketchnoting. It'll be me at the coffee shop doing whatever. Anything where like I, and, and I, you know, don't get me wrong. There are days and every mental health day I've ever taken has also included trekking my computer bag with me to all of those places, except for maybe the mall, you know, with the idea that the work would be available if I ever wanted to get to it. But I try so hard not to open that part of my bag. And I think we need those mental health days. I mean, they're called that for a reason. It's to help alleviate some of the stress and prevent burnout. I completely agree with you because there have been times where I'm like, look, maybe it wasn't a school day, but like, I'm just going to go. I need to play golf for a couple hours. I need to not think of anything but hitting this little white ball into a hole. And 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 then I think about like doing that, how relaxed I am. And then going back to work the next Monday or whatever the case may be. 
and think about a mental health day. It's like, okay, now I got to do sub plans. Now I got to figure out what to do. That is, is such a mental part for me that I feel like mental health days, especially in the teaching profession are harder for us than anything else. Listen to this episode. They give great ideas that we'll share later on about what to do for rest, like a rest seven to 10 days. We can't do that. Seven to 10 days for us. It's that's winter break. Summer, that's, summer, that's summertime or winter break. That's really all we got. No, that is incredibly true. And, you know, you guys can speak to this more than I can, but I remember when I was in the classroom, it was more stressful to be out than it was to be in. And that included any day that I was sick, any day that my boys were sick. It was just, it was worse. The only times I ever took off would be if I was, you know, tending to a child who was exceptionally ill. Otherwise I would drag my butt into school. And there would be days when I would drag my children into school to prepare for that last minute lesson plan, because it was like a Hail Mary call at like five 30 in the morning right. when I was like, all right, I have to call it like kids throwing up yeah. because it's worse to be out than it is to be in. Oh, I, I've been saying for years that it is harder work to prepare to not be there than to actually be there because whether it's printing out that extra copy of your rosters, your seating chart, you know, maybe leaving a note for a substitute um, or, you know, like I had on uh, an episode of the house of ed tech, uh, Nate Nagel, who takes the time to make videos to play, you know, that's an added thing that, you know, that someone like him and has been taken on by some other people, you know, that's even extra effort to not be there. That was a great episode, by the way. I shared that with one of my teachers. It's all on the guest. He, he did a great job. <laughs> Thank you. But again, I, I agree. It, it's harder to not be there. And then, you know, then you have to come back and, you know, were there any issues? So it, it adds stress. Um, and, and when we talk about the idea of the mental health day, a lot of teachers, and I think that term has been thrown around for years in education, kind of as the joking way to, you know, burn a sick day when you just kind of need a day off. But I think now, I'd say in the last two, three years, mental health and uh, being more mindful even of our our health and, and our fitness, regardless of our profession, um, has taken a more prominent role in education, where there is more advocating for you know, these mental health days. I think the one big problem is not, not to go off on, the, on a healthcare tangent. You know, you mentioned the stress of, you know, if you're a teacher with your own children, they don't build in family sick days in many, if any places. I have three. Okay. So I've never worked in a district here in New Jersey where you had sick time allocated for anybody other than yourself. And if you need to use it for anybody other than yourself, you have to lie. I also do get uh, family sick days. I think honestly, as we become more cognizant of self-care and family care and all of those things, some districts are building that into their contracts. The idea of combating burnout and, and this mental fatigue is being more self-aware. I, I think some teachers might have a problem and may not even realize all the things that they do. I'm aware of it. I know it's killing me, <laughs> but there are probably other people out there who, you know, they're doing, you know, every Twitter chat under the sun. They're in every Voxer group and they're just always, you know, chirping and tweeting and chatting and, you know, from, from the hyper connected crew. And then they're also responding to emails from parents or emails from students or they're answering questions in Google Classroom or they're answering questions on Facebook. Right. That It's the advent and the shift in how we use technology to help facilitate connectedness 
but how it also just puts an, an added burden on us as teachers. But what are some strategies to like combat that? Or what are some other thoughts that you have about rest and, and um, like the benefits of rest and what happens when we take the time? Well, the, the sheer benefit of rest, and, and this comes also right from the episode, when we sleep, and, and this came up already, that's when our brains process everything. You know, they will make sense of everything that we saw and heard during the day. If it didn't, we'd go crazy. So getting that, you know, nine to 10 hours of sleep, eight to 10, who knows, I, you know, somewhere in there, more than four and a half, let's just say, uh, our brains need that. Way more. Way more. Our brains need that time to just kind of flush everything out. That's why dreams are so powerful. You know, that's where we make sense of everything that's gone on in the course of a day or days. You know, I thought this part was, was, was important as well. You know, we talk about being extremely connected and uber connected or whatever you want to call it. But, you know, something they brought up in the episode that I thought about right away was the fact that we are competing. You know, all, all this Twitter, Facebook, Voxer, all, all this stuff is competition. You know, we can call it a, a, a learning network. We can call it anything we want to, but we're still competing with ourselves. You know, I want to be better than the people in my school. I want to be better than people in my state. I want to be recognized at a state level. I want to be recognized, you know, as an author. I want to be recognized as a blogger. We're, we're doing all these things, you know, because we all want to be that educator. And, and we can't say that we don't want to, because if we didn't want to, we wouldn't be doing this podcast. We wouldn't be doing our Twitter chats. We wouldn't be creating all these different profiles. You know, so we are com competing against so many other people, you know, that that is kind of rest for a lot of people. You know, that competition, that drive for success could also be their rest. So we're not saying get rid of your, your, your Twitter, your Facebook and all that. That is some people's getaway. They love the fact that they can get away from their work for a day, connect to other people, listen to what they have to say, and then jump right back into their work. You know, I think the competition is what drives people and some people that drive is their downtime if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, it totally does. I mean, one of the things that they say in the episode is that you need that. I mean, these are not their words, but I wrote it down this way that you need the Goldilocks level of the right amount of stress. It can't be too stressful to where everything just feels like it's going to crash down on you, but it can't be so easy peasy that, and they're, the analogy they did use there was, you know, lifting a three pound weight over and over again, you're never going to grow in that situation. So that totally makes sense. And then the other thought that they shared was um, the struggle is where the skill is built and that motivation helps us push harder. So you're right. You know, somebody who likes to blog or people like us who like to have conversations about things in education like this, this is our creative outlet. I think that's part of it too, is finding your creative outlet. I, I would say definitely I could go with podcasting as my creative outlet, whether we're creating this one or I'm editing other people's. I, I do enjoy sitting down here at the computer, listening, editing, and, and, and creating. I, I, I really enjoy this process. Yeah. And, and, and you find value in it, right? So you, you know, with the things you're putting out there, is quite successful, you know, whether it's feedback, whether it's people telling you exactly what it is, whether it's the amount of clicks that you get, I think that's, you have value. You understand that this is working for you. 
And that's your motivation. So you continue to push and you don't care about that three to four hours of sleep that you're getting and the six or seven that you're missing. So, so And right. So you're con- considering this your moment of rest. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not physically straining myself, although I'm sure there's science out there that says even just by losing the sleep, I am physically hurting myself and other people yeah. are too. Yeah. That hidden brain episode really hit me. Yes. And I've been working hard on that, but um, so this is, this is your, your period of rest. What other ways do you, do you gain rest to help build those skills? They gave several examples in the episode. Do you follow any of those examples? You know, I have the garage of EdTech, you know, my, my, my home maker space where, you know, I've got my tools and I do my projects and, you know, I don't do as many things during the school year, but, you know, I know that like in my living room, I'd like to design and build new end tables that I'd like to do better than the two by four furniture I built when we first bought the house. That creative outlet is a way that, you know, I'm not thinking about education. I'm not thinking about podcasting. You know, I'm using power tools. I'm doing, you know, Tim, the tool man, Taylor stuff. (laughs) More power, more power. Or wait, I was just, I was just going to say that, you know, not that anybody who listens to this, you or anybody else needs to imagine Chris Nessie in the shower. That's also a place where I don't really have to think about anything. (laughs) It's downtime. Right. So do you get your ideas there? Those are like, those are some of my most fruitful moments of the day, thought-wise and like idea-wise. The light bulbs, I just, and they make shower paper. I just have to go buy some so I can write down the little ideas. I mean, it's for me, it's light bulbs in the shower. It's light bulbs on my, you know, 45 to 55 minute commute to and from work. What about you, AJ? I'm kind of in the same boat. I take some time in the shower and like in the shower, I think I mentioned this in an episode earlier on, we talk about mindfulness and wellness that I kind of like, I do like right in the window of the shower, just some notes and like things that I'm thinking about. So I'll just keep it there for a minute. Hopefully it doesn't get all fogged up. Uh, You know, that's where my light bulb moments come. It comes in the car, it comes and listen to podcasts. Um, But for me, relaxation revolves around family. And I really try and it's hard to do. And it's very hard to do. Put my phone like inside the couch, you know, put it away. But it's hard. You know, you hear a buzz, you're like, what was that? Is mm-hmm. that important? Is that an email from a parent? Is that Google Classroom? Is it a text message? Is somebody calling me? You know, but I'm trying to be in the moment with, with my kids, trying to sit on the couch with my wife and watch, you know, binge watch as many shows as we can. You know, but it's hard because she's a teacher too. So she has that that push to do to do really well. And she has that push to get her work done before anything else. You know, so it's frustrating for both of us because just when we're ready to sit down and watch a show and veg out and not think about anything else, like, ah, forgot to do X, Y, and Z. Right. You know, so what I really need to do, and, and the episode really focused on exercising. And I was like, oh, I got to get back into some kind of workout routine, whether it's three days a week, five days a week. You know, I, I love playing sports and I kind of like let my, like play golf, play softball, uh, run around and play football or basketball with the guys at school, but I need to get back into my own r- routine where I am alone and I can just have like 30 minutes to myself. But again, I kind of put that off because those 30 minutes could be 30 minutes of lesson planning, grading, flip classrooming, uh, personalized learning, Twitter chats, the drive, you know? I do. And, you know, I think we've all fallen into that trap recently of not 
or a lack of self-care for lack of a better word. Um, but I, I feel the same way, you know, a lot of my good ideas also came from running. And when I was doing that all the time, Chris, you, you probably remember this. Like, I was like, I have all these ideas for blogs and blog posts. And I was like, but I, you know, and they always come when I'm running. I still have all of those voice memos on my phone waiting for the day when I actually like take them off of that app and put them into a different one and in a different format or, you know, now that we're podcasting, maybe they'll just become show ideas. Yeah. For me, it was always running. And then when I got into trail running, it was even more fruitful um, when it came to idea generation, because um, the, like the monotony of running around my neighborhood was gone. Right. So like that whole home feeling of like seeing the same, you know, 30 or 40 houses. Mm-hmm. I live in the country, so that's a lot of houses. Um, but, you know, it was it was just kind of nice to be in nature and just have that peaceful element as well. Where like not only are you wandering in the woods, but your mind is also wandering with you, almost playing catch up or maybe you're catching up with your mind. However you want to think about it. That's an interesting thought. I like that. Catching up with your mind. You know, it's, it's pretty amazing when you think about that. I think you can actually like pinpoint moments of your day where you're just like, whoa, okay, I'm back. <laughs> I don't know if you guys feel that, but sometimes I'm just like, either, whether it's like the last period of day and I'm kind of sitting at the desk and doing some work, I'm like, okay, hold on. I'm I'm, I'm here now. I'm in the moment. What, what, yeah, autopilot? I guess so. But like, you can just feel like that moment where you're just like, moment of calm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. If, I don't know if you guys have that, like by yourself for a moment towards the end of the day, you're just like, okay, here I am. But then like you're on the rush again and it's, and it's gone before you know it. I usually get that right after the last bell of the day. <laughs> it's a good time to get it. In that 10 minutes before I can leave the building, I can go, ah. That's have, you, have you thought about, like, I know we did um, episode seven, we did mindfulness and education. Have you thought about just bringing some of that mindfulness into you, your own self-care or your own rest. That was one of the recommendations um, from the authors and in the art of manliness episode was, you know, meditation, taking a mindful moment. Have you thought, have you ever, have you done that? I've tried to incorporate the more mindful moments. uh, And oddly enough, I will do this when I walk out of the house in the morning, as I walk 75 feet to my car, I will, I, I don't know, to me, I feel like it, it does this, but I, I will look at, I will look up into the sky. I will see, you know, as the morning light is coming in, you know, are there still any stars out? Can I still see the moon? Um, when I get to school, I'll get out of my car and I actually purposely park um, further away from the front door. And I will, you know, take a lot of deep breaths as I'm walking from my car to the front door uh, just to kind of just get that fresh air again. And I'm aware of, you know, is there a breeze, you know, uh, did, did the sun hit my face, you know, based on where it shines over the high school that I work in. Um, so I think I'm aware of those little things that in, in nature, I try to be cognizant of that. That's, that's, that made me think of something. So I'm very aware that when I leave school at any given point, like sometimes I'll go out for lunch and Today, I didn't, but when I left, it was beautiful outside. And it has me thinking, you know, how, just wondering, just like I said, idle curiosity, like, 
what does seasonal affect disorder and, you know, the change in weather and our ability to be outside. I wonder how that affects teacher burnout. Like someone actually did a study and looked at times when there was stress and could correlate it to not only the, the activities that take place in school, whether it be conferences or report cards or, you know, annual testing or any of that, you know, you know, benchmark stuff that you have to do. And every teacher is pretty much beholden to. And when it has, or whether it has something to do with like the time of year. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure it does. And I'm sure there's science. I, I know there's science out there that, you know, talks about, you know, again, like you're mentioning seasonal affect disorder, uh, not getting enough vitamin D, not getting enough sunshine and being in the dark more often. That's honestly more depressing. And, and you know, I, I know people who, who experience that in winter is a tough time. So it's not about just loving summer for going to the beach. You know, it's those longer, warmer days. You know, life is just better, you know, when there's more sunshine. You feel hopeful. Like today I was very hopeful as I walked out and I was like, oh, this is just beautiful. And like these last couple of days here in New Jersey, it's been what, 66, 67 degrees when we're coming out of school. Those are are nice days. Yeah, just a random tangent. AJ, what other takeaways did you get from the episode? Like, what are your action steps going forward? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, isn't that, that's the benchmark for learning. Like, okay, I've listened, I've learned and digested, but what will change in my practice tomorrow? So one of the things that, that, that was pretty, pretty big for me was the idea to shift expectations. You know, I, I just think that, you know, it, it's not that I don't want to make myself sound like I'm going to do less because I'm, I, I can't do less. You know, it's just my personality that I want to do more. I want to be successful. I have an idea of Wait, what I, I got, want to do. Hold on, I got to cut you off there because, and, and no disrespect, but even right out of the episode, I think they talked about how sometimes taking a step back, giving some things up, saying no to some things actually doing less can make you more productive. I think they talked about a study where uh, they they had this company, you know, Mm -hmm. give their employees more time to not do work. And I'm paraphrasing. And they found that production and numbers, you know, for whatever this company did, did go up. Consultant work. Consultant work. That's right. Um, Their their numbers went up over time. Um, so, So AJ, I mean, easy for me to suggest, but I would say, for example, when we're done recording this and it's already say it's, it's 1030 at night, you already said you've got another hour and a half. I would say, just go to bed. You can probably walk in tomorrow and do what you have planned and you'll be fine. And the kids will be fine too. And they won't notice. Wasn't there another study that they showed where um, college students who were studying, 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 or trying to get work done um, found that by the time they finally turned off the lights and went to bed the next morning, they pretty much had to redo any work that they had done in the last hour or two anyway. That was in general terms that, again, when you're, when you're up late, you found that when you woke up, you were refreshed, they talked about. So people will wake up refreshed and they will wind up redoing in less time what they spent a bunch of time doing while they were tired. And they'll wind up doing yeah. it better. Give yourself permission, AJ. 
So seriously, though, what is your next action step going to be? I mean, you kind of threw a wrench into it. Yeah, he did. That's what I was going to say. But like, I mean, they talk about the idea of rise and grind, right? So that every day is a grind. Every day is supposed to be like, I'm going to work, I'm going to work, I'm going to work, I'm going to do what I have to do. But they Um, debunk that. I know they do. And I know, but there's... There's there's ideas and and I don't want to give the, I don't want to you know, say the whole episode I don't want them people to listen to it, um, but you know I still have expectations you know I still have these desires I still have these passions and I still want to I still want to meet them, but I'm I'm not going to give things up but I'm going to give more time to the things that are more important. But where's the time you know, going to come from? My, I'm sorry. Where's the time going to come from? I, I'm going to focus on the lessons that I've created. Instead of recreating lessons that I just did last year, I will take those lessons and I will use them in a little bit of a new way. You know, I don't have to recreate every single assignment that I've created. You know, and I think that's a big part of it as well. I've, I have so many things now that I don't need to start from scratch. And I kept telling myself, well, now we're fully one-to-one in all my grades. I have to have all these new things. I have to do all these really cool ideas. I want to make sure I do this, this, and this. So I just have to kind of slow that down. You know, I got to take the half hour for myself instead of watching mindless TV that I've seen episodes of Modern Family or Big Bang or watching football games on a Sunday night. That mean absolutely nothing to me. I go downstairs and I go work out for 30, 45 minutes. You know, just to get myself into the correct mindset of a, a normal, calm, relaxing day. All right. So AJ, I like how you pulled back, like the suggestion you have for yourself is to pull back from the high expectations you have at work at making things perfect and reinventing everything. I think that's realistic. But it sounds like you're adding more to your plate. Like I know for you, watching football is important. And maybe you're thinking, I just won't watch all the games on Sunday. I don't know because you didn't say that. You just said you weren't going to watch the football game. But if that's if that's your rest, and you know, you, you all know how I feel about football. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, maybe as they're lining up, this is why I hate football so much: is the whole stopping and starting all over again and getting in position. But maybe during that time, as you're not necessarily focusing on the play because there's no play in action you're just, your mind is going off. That, that is a moment of rest. And while I think you can also have your moments of rest while you're downstairs working out, um, I just don't want you to add something else to your plate and then have you feel bad about it later. Does that make sense? But if you didn't accomplish it. No, that makes total sense. But like you're talking, about, you're talking about football, but like I'll sit here on a Sunday night and watch Sunday night football, I'll watch Monday night football. I don't need to watch those. My team is not playing on Sunday or Monday night. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The Jets are nowhere near ready for Monday or Sundays. When I say I'm going to sit back and and I watch the game, I'm literally sitting on my couch, computer on my lap, wife next to me, computer on her lap. And I'm just staring at the screen, one of the screens, whatever they are. And just wasting like valuable moments to do something productive is basically what I was trying to say. Gotcha. All right. Then proceed. If you have more to say, Chris, do you have anything to add to that? Like what, what is your next move going to be? What is your takeaway from this episode? The new learning that you're going to put into action. It's, it's not new learning. It's just something I really need to just take action on. And that's getting more sleep. That that's, that's my biggest 
downfall right now is I'm not sleeping enough. Yeah, and I'm right there with you. And all right, ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of our episode. Boom, done. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Sleep and exercise. Sleep and I'm gonna and I'm gonna go else. to the gym. It's still open, and then I'm gonna come home and sleep. No. So what does that look like for you? Like, like how do you put that into action? Because you're you stated you have 101 things to do, and there are only 24 hours. And if you're only getting four hours of sleep now, and about seven to eight of your hours are spent at school. So that's 12 right there, if I'm doing my math correctly. Um, what do you do with your other 12 hours? Like, how do you scale back all of your other commitments to find another four hours for sleep? Some days it's, it, it, like, <laughs> um, you know, out of the seven days in a week, there are some nights where, where I'm sitting here right now and I'm talking to you guys. I, I could go to bed if I wasn't doing this, but I would be up just, you know, putzing around the internet. Right. You know, I'm not always being productive, but I'm just, I, I've, I'm not always disciplined enough to, you know, go to bed. And then there are some days where it's just like, you know what? I don't care what I have to do. I'm just going to go to bed. But my my biggest thing is I, I need to stop burning the candle at both ends. I'm going to go back to my suggestion from earlier about your word for next year. Say, I, I, I need to say no to things. I think you do. And, and I think a lot of that is I need to say no to myself. Like part of Chris wants to just, and I'll talk about myself in the third person. Part of Chris <laughs> wants to stay up and, you know, just putts around the internet. And then there's the part of me that needs to say, go to bed, moron. What about you, Stacy? I agree. And I'm going to join you with that. That being my next action step, um, especially after if, if you haven't gotten the idea that you need to go listen to that hidden brain episode or the two hidden brain episodes, um, you really need to go check that out after you listen to the art of manliness, because I think you will totally understand where we're coming from with this whole sleep thing. But there was a period of time when I when I first started bullet journaling, I was tracking habits because it's like a bullet journaling type thing to do. And one of the habits I was tracking was going to bed at 10 o'clock. And it, it was, it was at the point where it was like comical where I would be racing around the house, you know, making sure that I had the water that I like to have um, by the bed and brushing my teeth. Also, I could literally be in bed at 10 o'clock, not at 10.01, not at 10.02, but at 10 o'clock. And I think I need to go back to that fanatical period where I can like check that box or be accountable to myself in some way beyond saying like, I really wish I could go to bed at 10 o'clock. And for me, I think it's going to be a hard look at like what needs to happen in the two hours leading up to it. So like at eight o'clock, um, you know, we don't start podcasting until late because we all have boys that we need to get to sleep. Now your little guy goes to bed super early. I don't know when Miles goes to bed. But if I tried to put my kids down at 6:30, they'd yeah, they're old enough to think mean thoughts that include probably some swear words. <laughs> but I'm sure, you know, that is that's easier for you. Now you have Miles and you can do whatever you need to do with him before he goes to bed to get him ready. And then I think for me, that's going to be my cue. Like once I start sending my kids into the shower, 
and getting them ready to brush their teeth and do all of those things, I need to be like right behind them with my own toothbrush and, you know, my own evening routine. And I think for me, I might need to um, write down what my evening routine is again, because I've fallen out of that habit as well. And, you know, I, I have a morning routine that I follow pretty religiously. And it's what makes me able to get all three of us out of the house for the bus at seven, you know, but, and, and that's like a new thing this year um, where we're out on time every single day. But again, I have a deadline. Like it's almost it's like, it's like playing that game, right? Like the bus comes at seven Oh eight. If we're not at the end of the driveway, I have to drive him to school, which will then make me later to work. Then, then I need to be for sheer laziness. So if I start playing that game with myself at night and, you know, creating those routines, like, what does it look like at eight o'clock? They do this. So now I'm going to do this. And at eight 30, they're doing this. So I'm going to be doing that. And then at nine o'clock, they're generally in bed. You know, tonight it was a little bit later. Um, and what does that look like? And quite honestly, guys, that might mean that like on Sundays, we're not recording as late. So we're going to have to talk about that too. I I think in in order to to be the models and be the examples and and show people it's possible, maybe there has to be changes, and at least be willing Just to thinking. have that that conversation. No, you're you're absolutely right. Because it's one thing to talk the talk, and we're really good at talking. We're podcasters, but it's another thing to actually walk the walk. And you know, we tell our listeners to, you know, or we hope that our listeners walk away with something that they can put into action immediately. But we also need to, we listen to a podcast. We learned something from it. AJ brought the podcast to us. So now what are we going to do that is going to improve our our lives in some way? Either work, school, home, whatever. Work is school, but um, I never really think of it that way. So if you're not an educator and you're listening to this podcast, we thank you. But like what changes are you going to make to make your work-life balance better? And, and I think that's that's the the big question that, everybody needs to be able to answer. And so that's your homework. If you're listening, tell us what your next step is going to be. Yeah. Do do that with a comment on the show notes. You can go to podcastpd.com slash 20. Uh, do you guys want to set up another Flipgrid for this? I love getting Flipgrid comments. Um, I don't know how comfortable people feel about talking on Flipgrid. I don't like to be on camera like that. So. I'll make the option available, but, you know, feel free to, to hit us up there. Or send us a speak pipe or something like that. But what's yeah. your next step going to be? I'm really curious. I want to know too. AJ, do you want to know? Of course I want to know. If we're going to put this out here, what we're going to do, our listeners have to tell us what they're going to do as well. So let us know. And, and, and speaking of letting us know, we did get a little bit of feedback leading up to this episode. So we have a couple of audio clips. Shall we play them? We got really good feedback, by the way. So thank you to our listeners who rose to the challenge. We appreciate it. Absolutely. And we, and we have some new voices. First up, we have Gretchen Bridgers. She is from the Always a Lesson Empowering Educators podcast, uh, one of our sister shows here on the Education Podcast Network. And Gretchen had this to say about teacher burnout. Hey, Podcast PD peeps. It's Gretchen of Always a Lessons Empowering Educators podcast. 
If you're a listener, you know I've got many episodes dedicated to teachers in distress or transition. And most often teachers find themselves in this exact position because they're burnt out. Some can't handle the workload, some can't find the joy, some can't even find a mentor, but they all struggle to find balance to restore their passion and potential. So if I could offer just one nugget of advice from my past burnt out self, it would be to keep a happy box, store away student notes of praise and kudos from leadership, positive evaluations, emails of gratitude from parents, etc. And I know many of you have this already, but I'm going to suggest just going a step further. I want you to cut out one minute a day to reading something from that happy box. You can tape it to your mirror as you're getting ready in the morning, or maybe place it in your wallet as you go about your day, or my favorite, store it as the backdrop on your phone. Do what you got to do so that it's in front of you. Just pour back into yourself with one minute a day. I know you can spare that. And in return, your joy will emerge. Your energy will rejuvenate. Your talent will sparkle. You are going to get your groove back, but it does start with the words that you believe about yourself. So go get started on that happy box and beat teacher burnout. All right, elite educators, go be great. You've just been empowered. I love that little bit of advice. Um, I don't have a happy box, but I have what I call a smile file because a lot of what kids give you or students give you to hold on to tends to be flat. So I just put it in a manila file folder and I drop it in my, in my filing cabinet. It's another idea. No, that's good. I liked, I liked, I actually, I really like the name smile file and that's really great to do when you get emails, you know, you can set it up in whatever email client you use to, to archive or save those happy and complimentary emails for, you know, the rainy day, whether it's real or mental or mental and you need that little pick me up. Absolutely. So that is a great idea by Gretchen. Um, be sure to go and check out her podcast if you're not a subscriber and you can go over to alwaysalesson.com. And of course, there'll be a link in the show notes. Our next piece of feedback comes from another podcaster, uh, Chuck Poole from Teachonomy Talks, uh, also on the Education Podcast Network. Take it away, Chuck. Hey, Chris, Stacy, and AJ. This is Chuck from Teachonomy.com, and I love this show in the format of Podcast PD. I really think you're doing a fantastic job, so keep it up. Now, this discussion on teacher burnout that you're having, I think, is so important because it really affects or will affect just about every teacher at some point in some way. And I think that there's many factors that play into it. But one in particular that in particular that I have personally faced is that feeling of always having to be on. What I mean by that is as a teacher, I have felt in the past that it was mandatory for me to always be in teacher mode. So what I did to avoid this always on mentality and become burned out myself was I made two simple changes in my life. First, what I did was, and I still do, is I schedule my workday or week with a teaching cutoff. So for me, my teaching cutoff is 6 p.m. every day, and Sunday is my me-free day to do whatever I like, and the worries and stress of teaching just do not exist on that day. And secondly, I try to end my day with either 30 minutes to an hour before I go to bed being totally unplugged. It helps my mind unwind and prepare for rest so that I'm refreshed and ready to teach the next morning. These two simple changes have really helped me to turn off my teacher mode each day, as well as be able to be laser focused during the time that my teacher mode is on. Um, I hope that this helps and that these two steps can really be something that is helpful to your listeners. Thanks a lot. I think Chuck brings some great ideas, but I think it's it's so hard to to <laughs> that idea of turning off. I just still can't. 
just can't think about that. Turning off at such a early hour. I would love to shut down for 30 minutes to an hour. I'm going to take that advice. With AJ, me. do you have a teacher bag? I'm sorry? you have a teacher bag, like a bag something, that goes? Something I bring with me to school every day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. What's every in day. it besides a device? What's in there besides a device? Um, I have a folder of of my lessons. I have worksheets that I have collected. I have my device has everything on it. So it's Google Classroom galore. I have articles in there that I'm reading for research and things like that. I have leadership articles that I'm reading. Um, that's it. And my notebooks for personal development. I love a good notebook. So I'm not going to tell you to leave that. Fine. But what would happen if you left your classroom and instead of packing your bag with your device and your folder full of papers and your articles and the other things that you just listed, you left one of those things behind, like what would happen? Because if you're like me, like you bring your teacher bag home and my teacher bag changed pretty much every year, but we were given those big L.O. Bean totes when we first started teaching in my district. Not the huge ones, but, you know, you can fit a lot in that L.O. Bean tote. And I'd bring that thing home and it would sit dormant, especially on the weekend when life takes over, especially when you have children and nothing would get touched. So that's what gave me permission to kind of like say it all doesn't need to come home. So what would happen? Hold on. If I could help AJ with this, here's what I bring home with me. Nothing. Here's what I walk into the building with. Nothing. I carry my iPad. I carry my phone. I carry my keys and a lanyard with my classroom key and badge. I don't even bring that in the house. It sits in the car through the summer. If I'm not in school, it's in my car. If I'm in school, it's around my neck. I gave up carrying a bag. I used to bring my laptop. There's no reason no, for, for me. And, and this is with grading stuff. Yeah, I, I don't bring it home. I don't bring it home. I think the biggest thing for me is 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 the device. So in that bag is my device, and that's where everything comes from. I just have to be better about finding the time to figure out what fits. I need better time management, and I've always said that, even in college, time management was a key. I think we all need to be more intentional. That's it. Because we're not going to make more time. We only have again twenty four hours in a day. We got to. And I'm pulling from 5 a.m. Miracle and other productivity and self-help stuff that I listen to. We need to learn to say no to more things so that way what we do say yes to, we make count. But that's how you bring Gretchen's really – no, I'm sorry, Chuck's – sorry, I'll start that over. That's how you bring Chuck's advice to fruition. You – I think you bring fewer things home and – you, it's not finding the time, it's scheduling that time. And maybe that's the habit you need to create for yourself first as well. Right. If you can't leave the things at school and I get it now that we're in that digital world, again, devices have taken over. Um, and have, they've really just taken over our calendars. Right. And like our sense of, of um, obligation to answer that last email that came in at eight 30. Do you know what I mean? When, pre-email days and certainly pre-mobile device days, that would never be the expectation. You wouldn't see that email until you got to school the next day. 
So sometimes you need to treat it like it's 1990 instead of it being 2017. Not the best advice maybe, but I don't know. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think you, you, you have a, uh, you have a valid reason there or a good point there because, you know, we get into computer and we look at the time like, Oh, that was an hour of what did I do? Nothing. Okay. So there's an hour wasted. <laughs> well, we have one more wonderful piece of advice uh, came in via email from Tammy Jimenez, who is a host of time to teach. So you check out that podcast from Tammy and Tammy says, I believe it is important for teachers to be proactive against burnout. Self-care and work-life balance is key. A few things I personally do is get enough sleep. Her bedtime is 8.30. Well. Yeah, right. Early. <laughs> 8.30. My night just starts. Sorry, Tammy. Uh, eat very few processed foods, exercise, and allow sufficient me time. Additionally, I make sure I am out of the classroom by 4.30, 5 o'clock and focus the rest of the afternoon on non-work items. When we feel rested and healthy, we consequently have the energy to be the best version of ourselves. This results in the ability to tackle the difficult tasks and situations we face, reducing the amount of burnout. Tammy just hit so many nails on the head. I was just going to say, Tammy's got the whole self-care package right there. She's got Chuck's advice, she's got Gretchen's advice, and some of the advice that we've given to ourselves and each other. The new takeaway in that though was the food. That's I never that was not brought up in the episode at all, but it is definitely important. Absolutely. You know, as a journey that I'm still on, you know, going back from the summer, you know, cutting down on the sweets, eating less of the snacks, not eating, doing the late night eating. Um Again, for me personally, a journey that I'm still on. Um, I haven't gained any weight since the start of the school year, but I haven't lost anything. Uh, so th there's that. But definitely, you know, what we put into our bodies also impacts, you know, the mind and, and the body. And our ability to sleep and all of those things that we're trying to take care of. So look, in the end, here's the deal. Every one of us has our own journey. So now we need to make the best of it. So we've shared our ideas, we've shared our thoughts, we've shared our burnout stories, and now it's your turn, listeners out there. Make sure you're giving us the feedback. Make sure you're hitting us up on the Twitter, the Voxer, the Flipgrid, wherever you can find us, share it with us. Give us your advice, share it with the people, and let's make this profession more healthy. And I think that's the journey we need to start right now. All those Perfect in favor? Advice. <laughs> Aye. Aye. <laughs> All right. So our next segment usually includes what we're listening to. But I think you heard a lot about what we're listening to. And you have at least three podcasts to check out um, that we're running throughout this this episode of Podcast PD. And if you need a reminder, they are the art of man. Art of Manliness, episode 350, and then two episodes of Hidden Brain, Eyes Wide Open, part one and part two. So check those two out. We're not going to give you anything beyond that because we're doing something a little bit different for Podcast PD and Winter. Um, we are going to introduce the 12 days of podcasting. So starting on Christmas... 
you will get an episode a day for 12 days of just recommendations from Chris, AJ, and myself. And we will be sharing with you podcasts that we find valuable, much like we shared this last podcast episode of The Art of Manliness with you um, during this episode of Podcast PD. So if you are not already subscribed, now is a good time to hit the subscribe button in your podcast catcher so that you don't miss out on those 12 days of gifts, you know, little, your treasures for you to explore, um, much like we are exploring podcasts on a daily basis. And we'll give you some homework or some action steps to think about, or maybe we won't, maybe it'll just be something for you to think about and you can follow your own journey as you explore each of the episodes that we're going to recommend to you for those 12 days. So look for that to happen on December 25th. And this is our final regularly formatted episode of Podcast PD for the year. So we thank you for listening with us. Gentlemen, do you have anything to say? Definitely. You'll enjoy these uh, 12 mini episodes. They're going to be probably less than 10 minutes a piece uh, with each of us individually. We're not going to be teaming up as we normally do. So that that's a little different flavor for us here, but still exciting. Um, and again, be, be tuned in on uh, Christmas. That's when the, the next one will come out. And then I believe in January, we get back on track. Probably on January 14th will be our next regular episode. And then we'll be back to our regular format and regular release schedule. And, uh, you know, from me personally, uh, happy holidays, happy new year. And, you know, thank you for coming on this ride with us here in 2017. We look forward to what this show brings to us and all of you in 2018. AJ. I will second that. I hope everybody enjoys their holidays, their breaks, their rest, relaxation. And we are very excited for what we are going to put out in 2018 and hope that you continue along for the ride. We appreciate you all. So that's going to do it for this episode of Podcast PD. AJ, let's see if you can do the magic here at the end of the episode. All right. Say goodnight, Stacey. Goodnight, Stacey. Say goodnight, Chris. Goodnight, Chris. Everybody. Happy holidays. holidays. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Podcast PD. For links to all of the resources mentioned in this and every episode, please visit our website at podcastpd.com. You can connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at AJBianco. And I also blog at AJBianco.me. You can connect with me on Twitter. I am Mr. Nessie. And I would love it if you also checked out the House of EdTech podcast over on chrisnessy.com. You can connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at irontech, and I blog at irontech.me. Connect with Podcast PD on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast PD. We would also love to have you as a member of our Facebook community. Go to podcastpd.com slash Facebook to join. You can also help us reach more educators like you by telling someone else about the podcast. So share us with your colleagues. And if you do it on social media, please tag us.
Podcast PD is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. For more podcasts, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. Podcast PD is a proud member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. For more great content, go to voiceed.ca.